Hello and welcome. My name is Juanita Headley. I am a New York attorney and the founder and CEO of Changing Cases. You are listening to a set of podcasts, a series dealing with the issues of human trafficking, child abuse, and of course, knowing how to respond to the question. Over the following weeks and months, I'm going to take a look at some hard-hitting topics with a view to educate, empower, and inspire you to change the way that you think, act, and respond to better safeguard the children in your world. Stay tuned until the end of this show, where I'll be sharing with you not only how you can get a copy of my new book, but I'll also inform you of some upcoming live Zoom trainings and how you can contact me to have your questions featured in a future episode of this show. Let's talk about genetic sexual attraction. Last week's episode, we discussed the case of Misty, the 32-year-old mother who gave birth 16 years ago she gave up her son a year later, and 15 years after being reconciled, she gets in contact with her son via Facebook, and then after three months of communicating online, they meet in person at a motel room. According to newspaper articles, Misty performed a sexual act on her son, she had a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship with him, she engaged in sex with him and said that it felt natural and normal. In researching the case of Misty, I also came across another case. Now, the term genetic sexual attraction is not used in that case, but I felt that I should discuss it because of the slight similarities between that case and Misty's. This is a young girl who was also on the Dr. Phil show. When she was 11 years of age, her mother and father decided that they wanted to change the nature of their relationship. According to articles... The father spent months and months persuading his wife, the mother of his biological child. He said to his wife, I think that we should have sex with our daughter. Now it took months of persuasion and people listening in, they say months of persuasion. Obviously he was persistent, but I disagree. Months of persuasion isn't much. I believe that for relationships to be a success, there has to be compromise and in my opinion, having traveled the world and seen and spoken to and heard of various relationships, whether those are of people of the Christian faith or otherwise, I've observed that one of the commonalities is that the compromise tends to often, not always, but often be on the part of the wife and not on the part of the husband. And in fact, from my observations, it seems to me that whenever we do have cases of trafficking, pedophilia, abuse, when a woman is involved, from what I've seen and read, quite often there is a man pulling the strings. I know of a case of a woman in the United Kingdom. She was married and she also had an extramarital affair with a guy. And she asked this guy, what would you like to be sexually satisfied? And he said that he wanted photographs. So she took photos, sexually abusing her six-month-old daughter sent these pictures to the boyfriend. However, she accidentally sent the photographs to the wrong person. And that was how 
these offenses came out. I know of another woman, her name is Vanessa George, and Vanessa George worked at the Little Ted Nursery. Now this case is quite some years ago when I was studying in university, and I made reference to the Little Ted Nursery, Vanessa George, and this article. And in my research, I was looking up female pedophiles, and what I came across was instances in places like Africa, which part of Africa, I'm not too sure, but in places like Africa where we have men who will rape a newborn child under the belief that they'll be cured of HIV and AIDS. And so when I was looking for cases of female pedophiles, that's what I came up against. However, I personally would not deem these mothers to be female pedophiles. I'm not going to justify their behavior. What they're doing is criminal, offering up their child to a human, to a male adult, to a male adult for sex is, is just, I don't even have words for that. For me, I try my best not to judge others, and the behavior is not acceptable, but we don't understand why people do what they do, what leads them to do that. We don't understand the pressures, we don't understand the cultural differences that will cause certain mothers, because not every mother from that culture is going to offer up their child for sex. We don't understand the dynamics of the culture, the dynamics of how the men may often have more power over the women, how women are more submissive and subservient. And so when I found the Little Ted case, which was, of course, a case in the UK, not involving the curing, so-called curing of HIV and AIDS, when I came up against this case, it was of a woman, Vanessa George, who was married and had children. And she had a boyfriend and wanted her boyfriend to be sexually satisfied. And so when he asked her to take photographs sexually abusing the children who were at the Little Ted's nursery, that's exactly what she did. How was the offense discovered? It's because the pornographic photographs eventually came out. That may have been through the dark web. It may have simply been through good police investigation. And they were able to uncover the identities, so-called identities of the children because of the uniforms that the children were wearing. Now these are children, I'm talking about babies here, six months, very, very young babies, but they had on their, some of their uniforms, I use the term uniforms, the logo, Little Ted Nursery, and so that was how it came out that these children were being abused. It also makes me think of the case of Peter Scully and the video of Daisy's destruction. How was Daisy found and rescued? Again, good police work, good investigation. In the videos, Daisy, which is not her real name, she would actually cry out. I believe she said, Arai, Arai, but in the Philippines they have different different languages, different dialects. So Tagalog is the main language, but they have different dialects, different languages. And if I recall, Daisy was from either Cagayan de Oro, Davao, or Cebu, one of those locations. And so when she was communicating in the video, communicating the pain she was going through, she communicated Arai in the local dialect. Arai means stop. To my knowledge, Arai means stop. And so she was communicating in the local dialect a word that means stop. And that's how they were able to pinpoint where she was because this video clearly had audio. Not every image has audio. If it's a still image, there's no audio. If it's a moving image, it may not have audio, you know. And think about it. If, for example, perpetrators hear about how Daisy was discovered and rescued and they hear that it's because she said Arai, then they would do everything in their power to stop that victim from saying Arai or anything else. Because that language, dialect, 
the accent a child has will give off an indication as to where that child is, or at least where that child is from. Now, coming back to this case of this 11-year-old in the United States, I believe it was in the United States, this young girl, her father persuades the mother after a number of months that they should have sex with their biological daughter. Now, I don't understand that at all. I really could not get my head around the fact that you have two adults in a marital relationship and according to the law when you get married you can consummate consummate means sex after marriage not before so they're in a marriage as they are married they can consummate they can have sex i don't advocate sex before marriage because i am a born-again christian my strong faith and belief is that sex is designed for after marriage and if we think about it realistically if we abstain from sex till after marriage, we would not be having STDs, HIV, AIDS, unwanted pregnancies, abortion, because marriage is taking place in a committed, sorry, sex is taking place inside a committed marriage. Now, I know that you may say, well, really? Committed marriage? What if it's forced? What if it's arranged? Again, that's a story and a topic for another day. But realistically speaking, let's look at, you know, marriage between a man and a woman. It's a happy marriage. It's a marriage that's built on love. And these individuals consummate because they're married, if the wife gets pregnant, then it's within marriage. There's no concern of, oh, it's somebody else's baby and all those kind of issues that come about when people have sex outside of the confines of marriage. I don't know how long the couple were married for, but their daughter was 11. So I know they've been married for at least, I'm going to assume at least 11 years. Let's just assume that they're from the deep south. In the deep south, primarily Christians, deep south, sex after marriage, not before. In fact, I even heard that they actually removed the topic of sex from certain schools in the South. In other words, in most secondary schools, reproduction and sex is discussed. In the Deep South, in one part of the Deep South, schools decided to no longer educate the students on, on sex and relationships. And when they removed that topic, what was the result? The teenage pregnancies went up. The abortions went up. Because, of course, individuals who became pregnant and wanted to hide that would have had abortions. When they reintroduced, if I recall correctly, they reintroduced it, the teenage pregnancies went down. As the Bible says, people perish for lack of knowledge. Knowledge is important. However, you've got to consider the type of knowledge and the appropriateness of the knowledge because in St. Vincent there is a book. I believe it's called Health and Family Life. I simply refer to it as the Macmillan book. Macmillan is the producers, the creators of the book, the publishers. In other words, when you purchase a book, it may have, for example, Puffin, it may have a different name, let's say, I'm trying to think of some names of publishers, Zondervan, we're talking about the NIV Bible, Zondervan, we're talking about children's fictions, Puffin books. If we're talking about educational textbooks in St. Vincent in the Caribbean, Macmillan, producer, creator, etc., Macmillan book. I was referring to the Macmillan book quite recently, and someone was talking to me about HFL, and I'm like, that's what I was talking about. I made reference to the Macmillan book. It is easier for me to refer to the Macmillan book because if you know Macmillan, you'll be able to determine exactly which material I'm talking about. It's not that I'm trying to send people on a wild goose chase, but for me, I just, Macmillan, it comes straight to the head. HFLE, family and health, I'll get confused with the acronyms. So Macmillan book. In this Macmillan book, it describes with, with information that is not over, I don't want to say over detailed or 
the, the, what I'm trying to say is, with the Macmillan book, primary school age children are reading about relationships. Not that there's anything wrong with reading about relationships, but we have to consider about the exposure. When a child is a certain age, they need to be educated, but in a way that is age appropriate. And so in this Macmillan book, we have children under the age of 10 reading about relationships, homosexuality. In fact, I actually was told by a child, a primary school age child, that they are sexually aroused when they read the Macmillan book. And then they also have a book on sexuality and they read that book and they're sexually aroused. Now, if that for me is a concern, I don't know of any <laughs> primary school child when I was in primary school who even knew what sexually aroused even means. Like back then when I was in primary school, there was no internet. We had five stations on the television. I'm sure my age there. The point I'm trying to make is we were a lot more innocent. We were very naive. We would say, I won't repeat what we'd say, but we'd say an inappropriate sentence and we'd say it really fast. So for example, if you want somebody to respond yes, you might say very quickly, she sells seashells at the seashore. And so when you say that really fast, the person hasn't heard. Now that is not what it was, but we used to say something else more in primary school. And when we said that statement, it was in reference to oral sex with a male's genitals. Now, when we made that statement, we would say it very quickly and we didn't even know what we were talking about. I remember that my friends would ask me the question and I might ask my friends, but we had no idea. We may say it, but we were very innocent and naive. We were not experimenting or practicing. However, we have children who are in primary school engaging in sexual activity with each other. In fact, I heard of an allegation of a child in primary school who was digitally penetrating another child in the class, digital as fingers. Now, for, for me, I'm thinking, where are these children getting these ideas from? You know, when I was a child and I was in primary school, I didn't know anything about sexual arousing. I didn't know anything about anything. We were very naive. But, but nowadays with this generation of children, you have to ask them, have you kissed a boy? Have you kissed a girl? You have to ask them these kind of questions because things are changing. And so with this 11-year-old, Let's pretend she's in the deep south. I don't know where she was from, but let's assume America, deep south, parents are married. The father persuades after a number of months, the mother gives in for these persuasions. And the 11 year old, she was forced, I'm gonna call it what it is, she was a minor, forced to have sex with her father. And her mother would actually have sex with the father and say to the daughter, this is how to enjoy sex. The parents eventually decided to make child pornography. They were eventually imprisoned. When the child was 13, it was found out, it was discovered. They were in prison for 20 years. She goes on to the Dr. Phil show and speaks to her parents for the first time in 20 years. She describes in the article that I read that her parents would have sex with her and then afterwards they'd have dessert, play games and go to bed. I can't imagine what that's like. I can't imagine, imagine the betrayal. Your parents are supposed to look after you. They're supposed to care for you. But instead of that, you have, in my opinion, a sick, depraved father who persuades his wife. <laughs> Both of them have issues, I'm sorry, but he persuades his wife after a couple months, we should have sex with our biological daughter. That is not normal. And then the wife says to the daughter, this is how to enjoy sex. Like, they should be thrown in prison and, and the key destroyed. You know, they should never get out again because they are a danger to society. I don't understand that. I will never understand how 
a husband and wife who are married and who have a sex life decide to engage in sexual activity with their daughter and then to make pornography so that they can make money. I just, I don't understand. And abuse is not new. It's been going on from Bible days. Abuse is not new. But for me, I don't understand what sort of day and age are we in where we have parents who are persuaded to engage in in criminal sexual activity with their child and then to make photographs and videos of that to make money. It's really sad and it's heartbreaking. I'm very fortunate that even though I was a victim of abuse, I was not abused by my mother and father. I was not abused by multiple family members because I hear stories of that, of individuals who are raped by family members. And it saddens me because there are so many individuals, male and female, who have been sexually exploited. Their virginity has been stolen from them. Now, for me, I know of a person who has been abused and abused and abused by so many different people. But when I see them, I don't see somebody who is is dirty, somebody who is worthless, somebody who has no value, somebody who has been tainished. I don't see that. I see a person who has been redeemed by God. And because this, this woman has never had consensual sex, I see somebody who's a virgin. Now, we who are judgmental won't get that. But remember, she has been abused multiple times. So that means her virginity was taken from her. But I know that the Lord is a Lord who can restore. Like with the story of Job, Job lost everything. He was restored. Even his body was afflicted. He was restored. And so even though scientifically that may not be possible, it was stolen from her. It was stolen from her on multiple occasions. And as a result of what she went through, she had bulimia, eating disorder, feelings of worthlessness, didn't want to be around a man. She is single, has no children, and I believe that she'll remain single for the rest of her life. But I see somebody who's redeemed, somebody who has been transformed by the power of God. I see a new creation and I see her as a virgin. It was stolen from her. So in her mind, the experiences she has means that mentally she's not a virgin because she's had those experiences. She doesn't have the innocence of mind. When a person has never been abused, they have the innocence of mind. I even have a friend. I believe she was never abused. She got married in her early 20s. And because she had not, to my knowledge, been abused or exploited sexually, She had the innocence of mind and she said to her husband, why don't we watch pornography so we know how to have sex? They didn't do so. But the point is, the innocence of mind was there for a person who doesn't have the innocence of mind because they've been violated. So they've been trained or they've learned, been groomed into sexual activities that they should not know at such a young age. The innocence of mind has been taken away and sometimes because of that, they go on to lead a promiscuous life, maybe a homosexual life, maybe they go on to prostitute themselves because of what has happened in fact i know of a person who has been abused and abused and abused and then as a result of that they've engaged in lesbian activity with another child however that child's mother engaged in sexual activity with this child which is a concern and for me i abuse is everywhere i understand it's not specific to the caribbean to africa to the uk the us but i find it very concerning and disturbing that You're going to have a child who's been abused repeatedly enter into a homosexual relationship and then engage in sexual activity with their girlfriend's mother. I don't even have words for that. For those who are judgmental, you will label this child, but that's not appropriate because she has been violated so many times. And maybe when she enters into this homosexual relationship, she feels that she's in control. She feels that she's in power. Maybe there's some kind of 
manipulation that goes on on the part of the mother that gets her to engage sexually with the child's mother. Maybe there's the thrill of it. I mean, I don't know. I can't think like that. But what I can say is that when we judge, that doesn't stop these things from happening. When we judge, it doesn't help that victim survivor. When we judge, it doesn't change the dynamics of what has happened. Instead of judging, I feel it's more productive to try to understand the behavior, to understand why we have a grown woman who has a teenage daughter engage in sexual activity with someone else's daughter. For all we know, that mother was abused herself. For all we know, she's abusing her own daughter. And when we look at things like that, it changes the dynamics. We hopefully stop judging and see these people as victims who go on to perpetrate what they know, who are unable to decipher between right and wrong. I'm not justifying. But if we can look and understand, we can get these people the help so we can nip it in the bud and it stops. During my research, I found out about this Japanese pornography. I've read about it before, about how in Japan on, on the trains, these men will be reading anime. They'll be looking at these comic books, and these comic books are actually pornography. The issue with anime pornography, animated pornography, is that they have adult women with a childlike body, or they have a childlike face with an adult body. And so it's sexualizing children once again. However... It's not to say that Pokemon is pornography. Now, as a Christian, having done my research, I do not agree with watching Pokemon, but that, again, is a story and topic for another day. However, in relation to animated pornography, what we have to understand is that this pornography has been created by individuals who have a talent for anime, but then they take it one step further. They take their talent and they do something called typo-squatting, now, type of squatting is the term. I read about it about three days ago. I forgot the name, looked it up during a presentation, and now I can use the term because I remember it, type of squatting. This is where, as, as you can tell, it's where you squat on a typo. As we all know, we use the term typo frequently. Typo is a mistake, an error, often during WhatsApping, during texting, during social media interactions. It's often the term we use when we're typing something with our phones. You don't really hear about typos when we are talking about texts or books, but we often talk about it and refer about typos in texts, WhatsApps, tweets, etc. Because we're typing so quickly, we have the auto text, it's a typo. And I believe we call it a typo because actually it wasn't even what we did, it's what the phone did because of the auto typing. And so with regards to typo squatting, this is where, for example, we all know Google, G-O-O-G-L-E, typo squatting is when they squat on Google. Now, I've heard of typo squatting before. I actually didn't know that's what it was called. I heard about it a number of years ago in regards to the White House. Now, let's assume that the White House website is thewhitehouse.org. Typo squatting is when they change it to thewhitehouse.com. So if you don't know it's thewhitehouse.org, and you type in thewhitehouse.com. Now, I can't remember which one it is, but let's say you type in thewhitehouse.com, it will bring up a page of pornography. Now, let's bring it back to the anime. Type of squatting is where they would squat on Google. So instead of G-O-O-G-L-E, it would be G-O-O-O-G-L-E. Let's say your child can't spell Disney. Disney is D-I-S-N-E-Y. How do they spell it? D-I-S-S-N-E-Y. They come up with this animated pornography. Now, because you don't know about animated pornography, all you know about is Pokemon. When you see your child looking at anime, you would wrongly assume 
that it is a form of Pokemon, a form of Japanese animation, without actually realizing it is a form of pornography. And so therefore you think, oh, your child likes Japanese anime. Well, in fact, it's typo squatting and it's pornography. As I've said, you need to be in your children's business. That is paramount. You need to be in your children's business. That means when they're playing a game on Facebook, they're playing a game on the iPad, they're playing a video game, you need to be in their business. You need to watch the game. When you give them a Macmillan book, when you give them a storybook, read it. We have Disney now with homosexual characters. I read an article of a boy in the UK. He's 11. He is now a drag queen, one of the youngest drag queens in the UK. His father wanted him to be a boxer. He decided he don't want to be a boxer. He wanted to wear his mum's makeup from the age of seven and dress up in women's clothing. Now his dad endorses that. At the end of the day, you need to be in your children's business. If you agree with your children cross-dressing, go ahead and allow them to cross-dress. But all I'm trying to say is you need to know what is going on in your child's life. Do not have your head under the sand. Do not assume, oh, it's a Macmillan book. Oh, it's Pokemon. Don't make assumptions. As the Bible says, people perish for lack of knowledge. You need to be in your child's business. You need to know what they're looking at, what they're reading. You need to make time. Yes, I realize that we have busy lives. I get that and I appreciate it. But that is no excuse. If you have a child, take the time to know what is going on. You do not want to find out that your 10-year-old child is being sexualized, aroused by a Macmillan book, loses their virginity at 11, gives birth at 15 because they want to be a mum. Come on, guys, be in your children's business, please. Typo squatting, okay? It may not be the word Disney. It may not be the word Google. But what I'm saying, when your children cannot spell correctly and they type in the wrong thing, they're going to end up finding something they shouldn't. They're going to be exposed to pornography, exposed to Japanese anime. You want to protect and safeguard your children from exposure because it takes away the innocence of the mind. As I said, when a person has watched pornography, the innocence of the mind is taken away. When a person has been sexually abused, the innocence of the mind is taken away. When a person has never been abused, they are innocent. When they get married, they ask their husband, should we watch porn? Because they're so innocent. You want to protect your children, allow them to remain children. That is important. Protect your children, be in their business, read what they read, watch what they watch, watch. Be a part of your child's life. Don't be on the outside looking in. Don't be peeping over their shoulder. Don't be shoulder surfing. Be right in their business. Be reading the books. Be watching the programs. Be engaging in the video games so that you can know exactly what your children are being exposed to. Thank you for listening to another episode of Can You Keep a Secret? I trust that the information has been useful to you. I believe that we all need knowledge and education. And when we have a better understanding of topics such as abuse, it enables us to better safeguard the children in our world. For a better understanding of the topics being covered each week, then please reach out to me for a copy of my new book, Can You Keep a Secret? You can follow me, message or email me so that I can answer your questions in upcoming episodes. We can all learn from one another. And this is an educational series that I hope will impact and change not just your life, but also that of the people around you. You can find all my contact details on my website, changingcases.org. That's changingcases.org. Remember to share this podcast with friends and family members. There are victims and survivors in your world. You just don't know it. But if we can all be educated, then the world will be a safer place. Please tune in next week for another episode.